Hello, my name is Eugene Ellis. I'm a psychotherapist and founder of the Black and Asian Therapist Network, also known as Barton. These podcasts are a continuing conversation around the psychological life of Black and Asian people in the UK. As always, I'll be spending time with experienced therapists, sharing their thinking and psychological ideas to create an ongoing narrative of Black and Asian psychological life in all its complexity to the therapy community as a whole and to Black and Asian people who want to expand their psychological understanding of themselves in relation to those around them. This is the last of this series of podcasts where I'll be presenting recordings of therapists who have given talks at Barton conferences over the years. The next podcast will have a different structure, which I'll tell you more about at the end. The speaker then for this podcast is Valerie Watson. She spoke at the 2010 Barton Conference. Valerie Watson is a psychotherapist, has been involved with higher education and training, and has a personal and particular interest in ethnicity, race and culture as it relates to the counselling relationship. In her talk, Val speaks about the role of the black expert. The black expert is a way of thinking about how in certain situations as black people, we're put in this role where we become the experts in ourselves, or we are required to give the defining view on what it means to be black. Val is used in the context of counselling to explore the impact of the black expert and the ways in which her role as a catalyst can offer challenges and a learning opportunity for all. Here is Valerie Watson. I'd like to start by saying good morning. (laughs) And I'd like to begin by giving my thanks to all of those black people, in fact, all of those white people, in fact, all those people who identify themselves in any way that they do, um, thank them for me being here and for contributing consciously or unconsciously to my knowledge and my learning and my understanding of the world and myself. So, I stand before you as the embodiment of a black expert. My contention is that I'm not alone. I'm definitely not alone. And for a change, I'm surrounded by black experts, which is great and um, unusual, and it feels good. So thank you all for being here, and I'm very proud to be here. So black, I clearly am. Expert, that's debatable. My guess is that we're sharing expertise, and what I have to offer you is something of uh, my experience and my knowledge. Um, Unlike most of my days in work as a counsellor, I'm definitely not in the minority today, which is great. I don't have to be a representative today, which is good. And um, I can also feel that I can share something and learn something from others today, which is also good. What may not be so good is some of the expectations that you might have of me, and quite often is had, of black experts who are put in the position of delivering information particularly on training courses on race and culture. Quite often, they are sitting targets. They are there because someone has invited them to come and give a talk about race and culture. 
and they may well be talking to all of the trainees, but if there are only black trainees there, they may well feel that they either know something about that trainee's experience because they've been there themselves or are indeed selling themselves short. So they might be standing here, as I am today, delivering a talk and feeling a little bit nervous. The other thing about them is that they might feel that they are representing one view, but the trainee or trainees who are present, the black trainees who are present, may well feel quite differently. They may also feel that they are not doing that great a job. So there's that, um, and, um, and well, that little bit of an accent that's going on, which is, okay, you've brought in, you've wheeled in your black expert, your black trainer, but are they doing a good enough job? That might put you at a disadvantage. But in any case, um, here they are. They've come to give their talk, they're part of the training experience, and then they go away again. So they're wheeled in and they're wheeled out, like most um, minority group experts who are asked to come and give talks at training co or conferences. So this talk will be a slightly idiosyncratic look at my understanding of what it means to be a black expert and a catalyst, always bearing in mind that being an expert comes at a price for us all. And the all bit is quite important. I want to share with you and encourage you to acknowledge your responsibility and place as black experts today and every day and to challenge that, that we challenge that every day. So I was invited to give this talk and um, one of the reasons why I decided to do it was because I felt it was time to take some risks. I also wanted to um, contribute to some of the discussion that was going on, that I heard going on, but that I wasn't necessarily involved in. And what you should see next is, what is an expert? So I'm going to read that out. Okay. The de dictionary definition of an expert is one whose special knowledge or skill causes her or him to be an authority, a specialist. One who is skilled, one who is experienced, one who is trained by practice. And I believe that we're all capable of doing that. The other bit is, what is a catalyst? Well, a catalyst is someone or something that causes change or an event to happen. The scientific or chemical definition of a catalyst is something which accelerates a chemical reaction without being affected itself. That's not the definition I'm particularly interested in. I'm interested in the first one, which is about causing change to happen. I think it's particularly important to remember that as black experts and as catalysts, we get changed by the experience as well. So it's not chemical. And what I'd like to say is that I hope that um, something of what I have to say and what happens today catalyzes us into doing something different. So my next bit is, well, you know, who are um, the experts? Where are they? And on your way here today, you may have wondered about that in terms of what was going to happen or what we're going to talk about. So what I'd invite you to do now is perhaps remind yourself about the last time that you contacted an expert. What were your expectations of them? And also, who were they? 
They may have been friends, they may have been family, they may have been someone that you had to pay for independently. Just bear in mind, what, what were you expecting of them? Who were they? What did they do? Did they deliver? And then to ask, are they any different if they're a black expert? Is there something else that you require of them? Maybe not. Maybe it's just exactly the same. The other thing about experts that um, quite often um, gets called up or noted is that, um, well, they can be disappointing. You could find out that you know more than they do. You could also find out that um, they don't deliver. They think or they claim to be experts, but they're not. And somebody just down the road or somebody very close to you does the job just as well, in fact, even better. Now, one of the things about the person-centered approach, I suppose, is that um, Carl Rogers talks about um, the client being the expert. And that's important to me. And it holds a lot of appeal and promise because it, it suggests that there's a bit of democracy going on. Um, there's permission giving about being one's own expert. But it also carries responsibility, which I don't want to deny, which is that I have responsibility for myself as a counsellor, but my clients also have responsibility. We share responsibility, and we have responsibility within the community. But being my own expert appeals to me as a black woman whose heritage through the centuries has been one which includes oppression, being told what to do, who I am, who I'm not, being restricted. It includes diagnosis, it includes incarceration, it includes medicalization or over-medication, it includes appropriation, exploitation. When I speak of these, I'm being told I have a chip on my shoulder. But they're part of my expertise. Even my experience can get traduced rewritten, sanitised and reshaped. So yes, it feels good to be an expert and to honour my forefathers and foremothers and their struggle. And I thank these for their expertise and their wisdom. So when I was asked to give this talk, my first response was surprise, then being flattered, and then I said no in my head. Then I made lots of excuses amongst my friends And then I thought, this is the time to stand up and be counted. So here I am. And then I thought, what have I got to lose? Well, apart from losing my PowerPoint presentation, (laughs) everything else was fine. I got here on time, no problem. So the thing about experts is they're great in a crisis. And if they can solve a problem or save a life or give information. But as I said before, they could be disappointing. They could be one-dimensional. They could be targets for heavy criticism. They could be there to shot down, be shot down. And some of those things may well happen to the black expert who turns up for a training. Let's bear that in mind. Anyway, to go back a stage. What I want to know, um, what, I, what I wanted you to be able to see is um, the slide on um, counselling to remind ourselves about the reciprocal nature of counselling. But it's essentially about healing. It's about change. Of course, that's the catalytic part. It's about featuring the landmarks from our past. It's about their impact on the present. 
and it's about looking at the future, and it's about em emancipation. And the black expert knows something about emancipation or aiming for emancipation. And that's what makes us good at our jobs. That's what makes us passionate about what we do. Because we quite often, as black counsellors, see counselling as an emancipatory tool. Or we use it in that way. And I think that's quite important for us to remember. So, what I want to do now, without my PowerPoint, is to move on to... Um, something that I would like you to do, really, which is to think about celebrating your expertise. How do you make use, daily use, of your expertise as a therapist, as a black or Asian person, and as a social being? Because most of us here tend to hide our expertise, or it gets buried, or it gets forgotten, or sometimes we just ignore it. One of the things that I did on coming here was I stayed at my mother's house. And that's always a perfect humbling experience in reminding me just how little I know. For a start, I don't know how to cross the road, clearly, with my mum. <laughs> so all day yesterday, my hand was grabbed as I walked around. Because I, I clearly have no idea how I, how I crossed the road. Um, and there were other things. There were so many examples of ways in which I was clearly either not an adult and definitely not an expert. And my mum is, thank goodness. So that's good. <laughs> anyway, having said that, um, it was, we had a fantastic time and she reminded me of all the things that I'd forgotten and reminded me about memories that I'd long lost, long, long lost gone. <coughs> and um, asked me what I was going to be doing today. And I said, well, why don't you come? And she said, oh, no, I've got plenty of things to do. So she's at home doing what she does best, which is great. But what I admired about being around her is admiring her expertise. And what I'd like to show you is a very short clip of, um, for those of you who've never seen it before, Sojourner Truth talking about her experience of being a woman. And I think it's quite important for those of us who are counsellors and women to remind ourselves about some of our expertise and where it comes from and the power of that. Hopefully, it's going to work. And there's so much bracket, there must be some not killed. <laughs> I think twixt the Negroes of the South and the women of the North, I'll talk about rights. The white man be in a fix pretty soon. <laughs> but what's all this here talking about? That man over there says that women need to be helped into carriages and lifted over ditches to have the best place everywhere. Nobody ever helped me in a carriage. I owe a mud puddle. Or gives me the best place, and ain't I a woman? <laughs> Look at me. Look at my mom. I have plowed and planted. I can work as much. No man can. No man can handle me. I've gathered in the barns, and ain't I a woman? Thank <laughs> you. 
I can work as much and eat as much as a man when I get it. And bear the last as well. And ain't I a woman? reading from Sojourner Truth, the black American feminist, activist, ex-slave, itinerant preacher, reformist, seeker of truth, teller of truth, working against injustice, a true black expert, and one that I admire. Um, And there are many more, but I thought she was particularly powerful. So, to return to you, how do you celebrate your expertise? How do you show your expertise? If we think about what the client brings, the client brings their individual story, they bring their history, they bring their dilemmas, they bring their issues, they bring their problems, they also bring their solutions. But we too do that. That's part of our reciprocal relationship. That's part of our part towards helping and healing and creating change. So to turn now to the qualities of the black expert as I see it. She carries her expertise lightly and contributes. She owns her limits, her faults and celebrates her abilities. She uses her available resources and her knowledge to help with problems. She never forgets her history and recognises the importance of her client's history. She shows respect for and acknowledges her elders, her forefathers and her foremothers. She enjoys her work and values the support systems she has and she endures. And enduring is quite important, it seems to me. 
She listens. She knows about silence. She knows about being silenced and stereotyped. She loves to learn and shares her learning. She observes. She feels her way through. She is curious. She risks the experience of racism daily and works to rise above it. She learns all of this before she comes for training, and she certainly learns it while she's training. Amen. She also, and I, I'm not going to apologize too much to the men who are here. Please, I'm just using she rather than he for a change. She has a passion. And one of the things that occurs to me as a trainer and as a counselor is that coming into counseling training suggests that we're on the edge of something. That's one of the reasons why we come into it, because we want, we want to change something and we also want to help with change. That's what brings us into this work. And it seems to me that sometimes we forget that because we're caught up in what we're doing. And um, following on from that, um, what should have happened but won't happen because of the, the lack of PowerPoint was what I had said should have spelt out counsellor because it does. Okay. Um, but I, I was spending some time with my, my mother and talking with her now over the years I have done. And one of the things that may happen in your house, but certainly in my mum's house, is that she has a glass cabinet. <laughs> so as well as the colourful curtains, there's a the glass cabinet. And in that glass cabinet, not in a touch, <laughs> there are precious things in there that she's collected over the years, and they're polished and they're looked at. They're not for everyday use. In fact, in my mum's case, they're not for use at all. <laughs> so it's look, but don't touch. And they also are a signifier of her progress and her growth. And they're something to look at. And they're only, very, very occasionally, for some guests. But only occasionally. Now, I've asked my mum several times, and I've asked her this time, why don't you use the stuff in that? glass cabinet she doesn't give me an answer not a sensible one anyway as far as I'm concerned so we have these little discussions but it seems to me that we all have these glass cabinets and that we're not getting our best china out as they say we're keeping it in they're precious they may well be on display but we're not making use of them and my argument is get your china out get your best china out make use of it make use of it show it Put it back in. Don't show it to everybody, but make sure that you get your best china out and make use of it. And I'd ask you to consider what's in your glass cabinet that you're not using, that you know is there, that is just for display purposes only, or says, look, but don't touch, or is only for some guests. And that might be, there may be some good reasons for that, but I'd invite you to have a look in there and see what is actually there. And remember that they form part of your expertise, part of your history. So, just to bear that in mind, I'd like you to consider as well what it is that adds to that cabinet or can be taken away from that cabinet. And counselling can take things out of that cabinet that you probably didn't want taken out. And maybe that's your reason for, for keeping it safe. 
but I would invite you to remember that you can replace things and you can polish them and you can develop them. And that's part of our existence as training, in, in, as trainees, continuing trainees, I should say. Now, um, one of the things that I haven't talked about um, is what counselling does in terms of healing hurts. It is about trying to heal hurts. It's also about us recognising the missed opportunities or the missed experiences that we um, notice in our clients and notice in ourselves. And in becoming experts, we have to be aware and we are aware of those missing experiences. And we could be said to be on a quest of looking for our own missing experiences. And some of, the, some of the examples of those missed experiences are ones that we might be familiar with, such as feeling welcomed, feeling included, feeling celebrated, feeling entitled, feeling respected, feeling valued, feeling validated, feeling like we have a place in the world, and feeling that our hurts and losses are important. And many of those missed experiences are things that as black experts we are very familiar with. That's what makes us good therapists. That's what helps us to build on our passion and our delivery. So, I have some missing experiences that I work on and that I know about. Um, I guess one of them is one I've already talked about, which is being a minority figure at work, socially and educationally. Being part of one community and working in another. I'm a black, feminist, working class from London, working and living in the north. My working life places me firmly in another community, which is white, middle-class, urban, northern. That makes for some interesting expertise that I bring to that job. And I'm clear that I bring those, expert, those elements of expertise. I'm in a mixed relationship, mother of multiple health, heritage children, and I regularly straddle two or more cultures, their histories, their food, their ways of being, their spiritual concerns, their belief systems and their everyday practices. So I think that me here makes sense. I am a black expert, and so are you. And I can use those experiences as part of my glass cabinet to help me in my work as a therapist. So I don't believe I'm alone. I know I'm not, but I'd like to thank you for listening for as much as you have, and I'd like to invite you to open your glass cabinets. Thank you very much. That was Valerie Watson giving a talk on the role of the black expert as a catalyst at the 2010 Barton Conference. Thanks for those of you that have emailed me with their comments and thoughts. It's great to hear from you. If you're feeling inspired, why not record your comments about any of the talks or the podcasts in general on your phone or your computer and send them to me for inclusion in a future podcast. Just to let you know that Barton is running a training in London on cultivating mindfulness on the 15th of September 2012, facilitated by Christine Burgess. If you want to attend, find out more about Barton or send your comments, you can email me, eugene at baatn.org.uk or visit us at our website, www.baatn.org.uk. I hope you can join me next time when I will be in conversation with psychotherapist Dwight Turner, who has written about intimacy in the Afro-Caribbean community, 
the impact of the absent black father and the link between music and life process in his practice. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>